0: I'm Brendan, and I'm Angela, and you're listening to Above the Shoulders podcast. So, what we're going to talk about today is uh, we're going to give you a little inside insiders information as to what this podcast is about, and then we're going to get into the actual content of what our podcast um, is for this particular episode. So, like I said a minute ago, my name is Brendan, and I am a mathematician. I'm currently a grad student studying applied mathematics.
1: I'm Angela, and I am a marketing coordinator in the vacation industry in North Carolina, and I wrote a book about content creation for beginners. Yes,
0: yes we actually both have books. Um, mine is called How Not to Suck at Math, kind of fitting, uh, and like I said, Angie's expertise is marketing, so she has a book about that. Our goal is to write a few more books as we continue on throughout the year. Our My hope is to get another one out before Christmas, but... Unsure of where life takes us, so kind of just playing it by ear. Um, so what is this podcast really going to be about? This podcast is going to be about everything intellectually stimulating. We're, we're, we're kind of deep thinkers. Uh, we like to talk about college, and we like to talk about careers, and we like to talk about business and math and science, and kind of combine it all. Also talking about our hobbies, interests, vacations, some of the cool things we've done throughout our life, because we've kind of lived a fairly interesting life. Uh, for instance, we lived at a Hindu temple for a little over two years, and we'll talk more about that. I think we're going to do a whole series on that, where we talk about just our experience there. So this podcast is going to be about the Great Smoky Mountains. Specifically, um, not just about the Great Smoky Smoky Mountains, actually. We're going to talk about the whole Blue Ridge Mountain region into the Great Smoky Mountain region. We, We went to college at Appalachian State University, and then we spent quite a bit of time there, uh, you know, almost half a decade there, studying while we were there. That's when we lived at the Hindu temple. There's a Hindu temple about 20 minutes away. Not that we are Hindu. We have nothing against that. We just had the opportunity to go experience a different culture, which was kind of cool. So the reason we're doing this podcast is because around this time, a lot of people are going to be starting the AT, the Appalachian Trail. Now, we have never walked the Appalachian Trail, but what we do is we live... You know, we lived for a good chunk of time in between, or around the Appalachian Trail, the North Carolina-Tennessee portions. We vacationed there uh, quite a bit, and we wanted to give you guys some insider information about those areas. A lot of people are, you know, starting anywhere from March 1st to March 30th, or 31st around this time, so the, we're hoping to get a a broad audience here, not, and, and, uh, we're not just going to be talking about specifically the Great Smoky Mountain region. We're also going to be talking about areas around there. We we got to spend quite a bit of time there. We're going to talk about a week we spent there last year. That was kind of an eye opening experience for us. But before we get into that, why don't we talk a little bit about the weather and the mountains?
1: So most days, you'll find are a little overcast, rainy, but but it but usually it clears up pretty quickly cold but the summers are are gorgeous so i mean spring time this is a good time to start hiking the at
0: well they they usually get usually people experience a lot of snow as well during this particular time you know they'll they'll have really warm days because it's that transition into spring so they'll have these these beautiful days like angie was describing And then the next day they'll have six inches of snow because they're 7,000 feet up in the air. And then as they walk back down a mountain, it starts to turn into some nicer weather, you know, as the days go by. Um,
1: Yeah, it really depends on the elevation there. Especially, the mountains have something called orographic fog, which is basically just like fog lifts up into a mountain, so it's almost like you're in a cloud. We experience that uh, a lot. We'll, we'll talk more about it, but we um, at the Hindu Temple, we lived on a mountain named Heavenly Mountain, and almost every morning, it was like we were looking out into the clouds.
0: Yeah, some mornings, the clouds would be below us, and we could, like, see... 50 miles out, and it was beautiful because all you could see was like a sea of clouds. It was literally like looking into the ocean, which is strange because we live near the ocean, and so, I mean, it was it was very similar experience, and then other days, the fog would be right at you, and it is kind of, um, kind of makes you disoriented because everywhere you look is just white, and you kind of get no perception of what you're looking at. I mean, we knew where the Hindu temple was. We knew where the temple was, but you couldn't see it even though we lived... 300 feet away from it. Maybe slightly more than 300 feet, but we could it was it just disappeared on our back deck. We would get on our back deck and there's trees that are 15 feet away and there's nothing. So it was very strange to to actually experience that. So if you're hiking the AT, be prepared for that because it it becomes a point where the distance that you can see is less than 30 feet and It can be dangerous when you have snow, wind, uh, which is another big thing we didn't talk about. Wind, it is very windy this time of year in the mountains. I once heard that it had something to do with the jet stream dips down in the winter. I have no idea if that's actually true, but I think that was something that people talked about up there, was that the jet stream dipped down, and so you got these pretty strong wind gusts. A mountain that was near where we lived called Grandfather Mountain actually the other day experienced a hundred and ten plus mile per hour wind gust.
1: I think that was record breaking.
0: Yeah. And and it also gets, you know, extremely cold during that time too, because we have been in that region when I think it was February it got into not this past February, but February of maybe twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. It got down to like negative 30 wind chill and they canceled a lot of classes. The town was kind of shut down because it was just so cold and there were so many students that live on campus that there wasn't really a safe way to get student from building A to building B without them catching some type of uh, frostbite. So, you know, just be prepared when you go to that region this time of the year. During the summer, beautiful. It It is my favorite place to be in the summer. And so now let's talk a little bit about what we did over this past summer there. So Angie can talk a little bit about this campground we stayed at. It was absolutely awesome.
1: So we've been out of college for a couple of years and we wanted to go back. So we decided to vacation um, right uh, about 20 minutes outside of Waynesville, North Carolina. And we stayed at a campground named the Mile High Campground. It might be kind of hard to find online, you could have to do some digging, but it's named that because it is a mile high in elevation. And we stayed there over July 4th week, and something, it's kind of, it's pretty interesting because even though we were in the mountain region, when you would go into the town, it would be like 85 degrees, pretty, pretty hot. But when you were on top of the mountain, it would be in the cool like 65 to 70 range. That's and of July, right? yes, and at night it was cold. We had to like go buy extra blankets.
0: Yeah, it was it was really fun. What was really nice was when you would wake up in the morning about 6, 630 in the morning, there were massive elk everywhere. and And, and yes, I mean elk. Real, just adult elk. So elk used to apparently be pretty prominent in that area. And then through hunting, they became endangered. So now there's this whole revitalization program where it's called Bring Back the Elk or Return of the Elk or something like that. And the Great Smoky Mountains, along with the counties bordering the Great Smoky Mountains, has really put a lot of emphasis on protecting these elk. So these elk have grown in numbers, massive proportions... And they're not really scared of humans. They will just walk by you. I mean, we were we we would we walking to like the bathhouse, and an elk is ten feet away eating grass, just kind of looking at you. And that was that was eye opening because we have a little dog named Misha, and Misha hates any type of uh, big creature. And so when he saw those, he had no idea what to do
1: yeah it was a we had never seen elk before, so it was kind of interesting experience. when we first arrived, we did not have a campsite with a view and we were a little disappointed so we you know my husband threw around the education card and <laughs> he scored us a deal with the to get uh, a better spot. so we had already set up our tent at that point and we the, the, the campsite employee came over and was like, you guys can move to over there. So we kind of threw the dog in the car, threw everything back in the car, um, carried our tent over. It was about 50 feet away to the next spot. And then we had a gorgeous mountainside view. Uh, uh, and I, I don't even remember what the mountain range was called itself. It had a name. It was
0: on the, the Cherokee Reservation. Yeah, it was on the Cherokee Reservation, and I, I yeah, like you said, I can't I can't really remember it. Um, so after our first day of kind of experiencing that particular area, so that campground is not in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. It's it's just on the outskirts. It's maybe a fifteen minute drive along the Blue Ridge Parkway into the Great Smoky Mountains. But what what really drew us to that campground is because we really wanted to be close to waynesville north carolina if you've ever been to waynesville it is a beautiful small town in north carolina the just the downtowns of some of these mountain towns is quite amazing um we have while we were there we got to eat just great ice cream and do you remember the name of the jack restaurant the jack the dipper jack the dipper And they would make the waffle cone right in front of you. What kind of flavors did they have?
1: They had vanilla, cinnamon sugar. I believe you could dip it in chocolate with sprinkles. And then they had all kinds of homemade ice creams, hard ice cream that they would scoop and put into like the hot waffle cone. So the ice cream would kind of melt a little bit. And it was so fresh. It was delicious.
0: So one of the, we, we did kind of a few things while we were in that area. We went and visited where, it might have been in 2014, the World Kayaking Championship was held, like whitewater rafting kayaking kind of stuff. That was really cool. We spent some time in Bryson City. That was awesome. And then we got to actually spend some time in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. So Angie can describe what it was like just pulling in that very first day of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park.
1: Well, so, you know, as soon as we get there, you see the sign. We then see a field full of elk. And, of course, people are pulled over on the side of the road, photographers in truck beds, taking pictures. So, if we, of course, we slowed down. We had to look. It was just an amazing sight because at the campsite, we had seen one or two, but we hadn't seen a whole field full of them. And that was really pretty.
0: Yeah, that was gorgeous. How many how many total elk do you think was there?
1: Thirty to forty possibly. Yeah,
0: had to have been. At least thirty to forty. Now, when you get to drive into the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, it starts out pretty flat, at least on the North Carolina side. There's kind of this one main road that goes through right through the center that takes you from the Cherokee Reservation to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which we will talk about in a minute. Fantastic. And the road that takes you through the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, you get to see so much. The The drive is beautiful. And the day that we went, it was actually on 4th of July. We spent 4th of July day in that area. and
1: Gallenberg is really a unique place because you, you drive in and it's like everything looks the same. Like, the buildings are all this beautiful-style brick. No company has, like... Other than their sign, they don't have branding as far as, like, colors for buildings or anything. So it really looks like a luxurious resort in a way, but it's not. It's like, you know, the main strip of the road is just, like, all these different shops and things.
0: Yeah, it was really, uh a themed kind of town, and we when we got to Gatlinburg, that's when we realized, because we drove through the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, what our what our mindset was, was we were going to drive through the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, spend some time in Gatlinburg, spend some time in uh, the Tennessee Little River. We, our goal was to go whitewater rafting, or not really whitewater rafting, but water tubing down the Tennessee Little River, and the reason we wanted to go down that particular river was because there was this business that allowed us to do it called the River Rats, and they allowed dogs. And we we had our dog with us at that particular time. And, you know, he had a little life vest. But while we were in Gatlinburg, we went to, like, the National Park Visitors Center because I wanted to get a mug. And while we were in there, they were telling us about how if you have a dog, you actually can't bring the dog out in the National Park. And the reason being is uh, the National Park has so many black bear like the I think they said every square mile there's four black bear and that dogs can be seen as you know either threatening or food and both of those are are quite terrible the I mean uh, our dog's
1: kind of like a snack he's only about he's less than 25 pounds
0: (laughs) yeah he's only he's less than 25 pounds he's a small guy so you know, we spent some time in Gatlinburg. It was awesome. It was fun, but it was kind of busy. It was 4th of July. So we made our way over to Townsend, I believe, Tennessee. Uh, I uh, we, we went to Pigeon Forge as well. And I think we, we ended in Townsend, and that's where the Tennessee Little River kind of flowed out of.
1: A very small town. And,
0: and so what was crazy, though, is the River Rats was was packed. Apparently people that live in that area just buy year or not year round but summer season around passes and they just spend all day because what happens is you get on these tubes and you get to float down this river for what an hour hour and a half Then you once you get to a certain point you get on a bus they take you back up to the top of the river you float down again there's some pretty cool rapids there's some really deep pools where you can kind of take a break and get on the cliffs and jump in it was really interesting a lot of fun it was
1: very fun and it was a beautiful day to do it too it was in the. It was warm. It was about seventy five, and um, Misha, our dog, he he had such a good time. He's he's not really a swimmer. The water was kind of chilly, but he uh, he just kind of like f- kept swapping back and forth in our laps. We had a tether that that kept our tubes together, so he would walk over to me, lay in my lap, walk over to Brendan, lay in his lap. Um, and he we we went through twice, uh, so we probably spent about four hours, you know, in total doing that. And he he was fine the whole time.
0: Absolutely, I would say the initial line maybe it was because not maybe it was because it was Fourth of July day. The initial line was an hour, maybe longer. <laughs> Once you get into the river though, and they finally get people moving through, it, it it went by pretty quick. And then the second time we got in line, I don't think we sat in line very long at all. Then we got off the bus, the line was really short, and we got back out there.
1: Yeah, there were some interesting people on the on the river as well. It's, it's it, we had a good time.
0: Yeah, Misha got a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And whenever our tubes would collide with another group, he would try and go into their tube. And I think maybe once or twice he actually got into somebody else's tube or in their lap and just laid down. Yeah, we <laughs> we had to like force him back over to us, but. Um, he enjoyed it. He had a really good time. And then when we finished, once we found out we couldn't bring Misha on any trail, it kind of made the national park a little, a little less desirable because when we went to the national park, like we wanted to go see views, and while you get plenty of views while driving, there's just a few trails that might be you know a half a mile long, and we were willing to walk them, but we couldn't because of the dog and we weren't willing to take the risk of getting a fine or something like that. I would say though, once we got done, we hit up Jack the Dipper again and then we went back up to the mountain, uh, not heavenly mountain, but uh, our campground, the mile high campground. And when we got up there, we, we parked the car, we made dinner and it was just about the time for fireworks. And what was really cool is, you know, we're on this, this mountain and it's, it's, Fairly tall compared to all the mountains around it. And we got to see fireworks from multiple places on top of this mountain. We got to see them from, or we, we at least got to hear them from Gatlinburg. And they had just some crazy show going on. We got to see them in Cherokee on the reservation. We got to see them in Maggie Valley. And we got to see them in the Bryson City fireworks. We got to see a lot of different displays. I mean, it was, it was a great time at the Great Smoky Mountain National Park.
1: We had a really great time.
0: If you were to give tips to our listeners about what they should do if they go to the Great Smoky Mountains, what would you say?
1: Well, one of the biggest things that we did was, was we spent time driving around. We were originally looking for a swimming hole, and we found that, that was it was so hard to come by. We looked at a lot of different places, and... No one really wanted you to swim. So that's why we ended up going to Tennessee for the river tubing. But driving around, I feel like we saw a lot of different little towns and and cultures. Um, and we also just, you know, we met some locals too. We got to talk to people, which was fun. So driving around, I would say, is a big way that you can experience the area. Also, you have to hit up a local ice cream shop. <laughs> well, if, Jack, if you're in Waynesville, Jack the Dipper was to die for. I think we we went two or three times and we wanted to go back before we left.
0: <laughs> um. So if I had to give tips to our listeners for the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, one, don't bring a dog. Or at least leave him in your camper or or somehow find someone to watch them. Yeah,
1: we had a tent, so you can't really leave a dog in a tent all day. So
0: We really wanted to also get on this train that went through the Smoky Mountains, but they also didn't allow dogs. So dogs are kind of, while they're absolutely our best friends, this particular vacation might be one where you want to leave the dog out of the, of the picture in this particular vacation. My second tip... It would be to make sure that you are up to date on the trout fishing rules and regulations because, and make sure you know where you are fishing at. The reason being is trout fishing in North Carolina is very much regulated on a different basis than other fish. They have their own special seasons, they have their own special streams, and the reser- the, the Native American Reservation they have their own governing body for trout fishing as well. So even if you have a trout fishing license to fish for trout throughout the apple, or, you know the, the the mountains of North Carolina, you still need another license to fish on tribal lands. And so that that license that you got through, you just want to verify that you have the correct documentation for everywhere you fish. That would be my tip because that <laughs> that was a, a bummer for me. I kept trying to find places. Um, The best trout fishing seemed to be on the reservation, but, you know, we didn't spend enough time there to really try it out.
1: Another tip that I have is bring a variety of different types of clothes, clothing for hot weather and then cold weather too, because like I said, during the day we were at lower elevation, so it was warmer, so we'd be wearing our, you know, shorts, tank tops, flip flops, whatever. And then at night we would be like layering up, snuggling together because at the top of the mountain it was it was chilly. So just make sure you pack all different kinds of clothing with you. Be prepared.
0: Another thing is make sure you have good brakes beforehand. Uh, we were going up and down some like thirteen percent, fourteen percent grades, and get an oil well, change. <laughs> yeah, get an oil change before you do it. Make sure your car doesn't burn oil. <laughs> all of those things. Also, slow down. Most of those areas over there, they don't have cell phone reception. You're not going to be contacted by anybody. Absolutely. Just have fun. Well, I think that that is a wrap for us for episode one. So let's talk a little bit about what we can expect for the next episode for people. We are going to be switching gears a little bit. We're not going to be talking about... uh, Well, we are going to be talking about our personal experiences. But we're going to be talking about um, a more serious matter. We're going to be talking about college. And we're going to be talking about public versus private schools, majors, classes you might be taking for certain majors, how to pick the right one for you, what's the most cost-effective way to do things. You know, we kind of lived through that whole experience... And I felt like coming out of high school, I didn't have enough information. And even if you're already out of high school, but you're just thinking about going to college later in life, like I didn't, I just I found a lot of information that wasn't easily digestible. It was hard to. There's so much that you have to do to be able to go to college, that you can forget things can be confusing, and things might not make make sense. We're even going to talk a little bit about our experiences with college and taxes which is I know a subject that was never talked about for me and we're going to talk about uh the various types of majors for you uh you know I I'm from a STEM background so my mind immediately is drawn to what type of things is needed for that and Angie's from the business background so her mindset is completely from from that type of field and not that we didn't have to take classes in each other's fields because You know, we have a a liberal arts education, but, and what does that mean? There's people that don't even know what that means, and that's okay. We want to help you figure all that stuff out. A big proponent of our next podcast will be talking about the idea that you work for your degree for four plus years. And how can you make your degree work for you for the rest of your life? Because that's the goal. The goal is to work for a degree, and then somehow when you graduate, take that degree and in turn make it work for you. Well, I appreciate you listening today.
1: Yes, thank you guys.
0: Um, We hope to see you again for our next podcast. Uh, That'll be coming out this Thursday. We'll see you there. Bye-bye.